Hey y'all, it is Vic. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Black Chillerettes with Vic and Mai. This season, if you have listened to our first two episodes, you will know that we have gone rogue. It is exciting. We are really ready to get into this season. It's going to be so amazing. This first episode, these first two episodes are about an incredible, incredible series that's on. And no, it is not The Bachelor because you know, we gone rogue. We didn't left that behind for now or maybe forever. That's too much. All right, y'all, let's get into it. Well, welcome back or welcome to something new, which is The Black Chillerette's Gone Rogue our first official episode of this rogue season yeah we're taking a hard left (laughs) (laughs) we're taking a hard left that is true uh yeah we essentially this is where we decided to start and some people may have predicted it because uh we've stayed in the same I don't even want to say family because it's not the same. They family. definitely ain't in the same family. Okay. They're not in the same family. Um, <laughs> but they but we are have part of the same network. So Network. Yeah. We have stayed with the same network. I'm going to let you talk because I'm about to yawn. Of course. Yeah. Um, so as some of you have predicted, we have indeed stayed within the same network. And yes, we are starting off with women of the movement. As some of you yes. may know, um, Adrian Warren, who stars as Mamie Till Mobley in this mm-hmm. series, is a friend of the podcast. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. more than anything, uh, Mamie Till Mobley and Emmett Till's story have been uh, stories that Victoria and I have been affected by um, for much of our lives. And so we thought, as ABC is taking the time to center and make space for this story to be told with this new series courtesy of rock nation jay-z's uh production company and westbrook production studios mr will's production company we thought it would be really cool to center and take space by centering the black stories that are being told on this network for the first couple episodes Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. than spending our tuesday monday tuesday when does the bachelor come i don't know (laughs) i i know it's so crazy because not watching it has just made me feel so free Uh, (laughs) but it does come out on Mondays okay because I do remember seeing it yeah on a Monday night Uh, like seeing it on the guide seeing on the tv guide as you were scrolling away yes got you yes or running away I mean scrolling away right right um yeah so rather than spending our Monday nights with The Bachelor we spent the last few weeks spending our Thursday nights uh with women of the movement and that creative team an incredible cast that have taken on, um, I guess, the, the incredible, f- I, I, I don't even know if I, I should say incredible feat, but it, it definitely is a feat. Mm-hmm. It definitely is incredible, the amount mm-hmm. of work that they they put in because they did um, mm-hmm. this story. They filmed this story during the pandemic. It's just mm-hmm. already a story that means so much within various black communities and within American mm-hmm. history and so to see the amount of love and care that they put into that show meant that when we came back, we wanted to take the time if we were going to stick around ABC in any capacity. We wanted to uh, focus on Emmett 
and his incredible mother, Mamie, and focus on them first for, for a couple episodes. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what we're gonna do and we we um like we said when we in our last episode when we talked about where y'all going, um this season with the Black Chilouettes with Vic and Mai is going to be a lot of different things. And while we are starting out with this incredibly important story, um, with something that is very, like, as Mai said, has really impacted both of our lives um, and is a very heavy subject to talk about, which we will get into that. Um, but that doesn't mean that every single episode will be like this. Um, that doesn't mean that every single episode will be extremely hard to talk about. There will be a lot of different episodes, styles of episodes. There will be guests, there will be laughs, there will be joy, there will just be existing as um, the people that we are. But also we want to be able to center those stories that are extremely important um, when it comes to either what's happening in the media today or honestly whatever we feel like is important to talk about because this is our podcast and you're listening to it because you like us, I think. Um, so we just wanted to put that out there as well because, yeah, we're excited to talk about this, even though it is, uh, hard to talk about because it's, because you know, we know it's it doesn't matter yeah. how many times, you, how many times you hear the story or how many times you watch it or how much you've learned about it or how much you haven't learned about it. It's never easy to talk about, yeah. um, this child who lost his life so, um, unjustly and so unfairly and, We'll get more into that. But yeah, that's uh, where we are with this season. So just wanted to let y'all know once again, where are we going? Yeah, we're going rogue. We're doing what we want. And I think that is hopefully as exciting for you guys as it is for uh, Victoria and I. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's going to be a, a lot to, to look forward to this season. And we wanted to start here. Um, and make space for a story that we're not even sure all of our listeners are completely aware of. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if you are, and a story that you, we, and if you're not, right. that's, you know, today is an opportunity for you to learn and right. catch up. <laughs> and while today's an opportunity to learn, as always, we are not experts mm-hmm. by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, so there has been research that has been done and there has been brains that have been racked for information that we have just retained over the years um but also we are not experts so please um obviously we hope that we're providing accurate information i mean we believe that we are um but always know that there's room for us to 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 continue our learning journey and there's um we're always open to anyone popping into our dms and like wanting to engage more in this conversation Mm -hmm. um or like apply any constructive criticisms or whatever absolutely granted make sure you come from a place of love (laughs) um but yeah we do welcome that as well and just wanted to say we are not experts i am no historian no definitely not a historian um while i am someone who loves doing her research (laughs) victoria Mm -hmm. will tell you herself um Mm -hmm. yeah we we don't have degrees in history specifically Um, but we did take time this week to sit down and make sure we were getting resources um, 
that I, I myself have personally vetted, um, gotten like verified by things such as the Emmett Till Legacy Foundation, the Mamie Till Mobley Foundation, um, and more sources that we'll make sure we include in the link, uh, the link in bio notes. What was I about to say? <laughs> mm. um, in the notes down below. Correct. Um, that way, if you guys are interested um, in looking yourselves, you can get access to the books um, that I got information from, as well as the websites, uh, and you can get engaged, involved, and learn the story and um, become more familiar if you aren't already. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whew. So, I guess before we get into it, like, obviously now you know we are talking about uh, Women of the Movement, which is the story of um, Emmett Till and um, centers Mamie, his mother, Mamie Till Mobley. And as we get into this, just did want to say that this, I don't even want to say can be triggering because I think that it is triggering regardless of who you are. Mm. Um, so just wanted to say that we are going to be talking about lynchings we will be talking about murder we'll be talking about kidnappings we will be talking about um the ways that the justice system and the government has failed black bodies um black children so take a deep breath obviously if this is not something that you have the capacity for at this moment um feel free to turn this off and come back to it when you're ready um but also we do think that is it is important to listen to and the show, if you have not had a chance to watch it, is important to view. Um, and did you want to add anything? Yeah, something that I'll offer for our um, non-black listeners, um, particularly mm-hmm. our listeners that take up space in white bodies, is if you find yourself uncomfortable, challenged, um, or in finding any dis-ease, um, mm-hmm. as we have this conversation and tell this story, I challenge you to lean into that discomfort, um, and take time with this story and, and give this story the space, uh, that it deserves. Of course, honor your own capacities, um, but mm-hmm. challenge yourself if you can, um, and be, mm-hmm. be here with us and offer yourself grace in the process. If you haven't, um, heard this story before, but don't, don't give yourself a way, a way out. Um, correct yeah yeah and to to our listeners of color and to our black listeners specifically um take breaks if you need um Mm -hmm. but yeah we love you we see you and we're just trying to give a little space to a story that we're not you know completely sure that all of our listeners are already familiar with and we want to center Emmett and Mamie in the best way uh we know how right now and Right now, that's giving them space on on this platform as we get ready for Black History Month to um, kick off, even though Black History Bump is all year as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Exactly. All righty. All righty. Okay. So I guess um, we wanted to start off. Let me stop covering my mouth like I'm not talking on a podcast. (laughs) Um, We... I guess my when was the first time that you heard the story of Emmett Till or um, when were you first introduced to him? What was that like for you? Yeah, um, 
I was actually very young. I know that I was elementary school age. I want to mm-hmm. say as as young as a kidner kinder kidner girl. Mm-hmm. Jesus, exactly a kindergartner. Y'all, it's <laughs> it's it's we say this a lot, but y'all know that we be busy. We stay busy. We be tired. So <laughs> please forgive us for any words that become jumbled. Yeah, they're not gonna be edited out because this We're is raw. This beings. is real. This it's is raw. who we are. Yeah. Um. It's late. We're recording this on a Friday night. We don't have lives. And it's we have, been a week. It's It's been quite it's, a week. It's been quite a week. Um, so, yeah, all that to say, please give us, give grace. us some grace on this episode because <laughs> we are <laughs> struggling, but we we're going to get through it. Struggling. And as you, and, you know, as you guys know, Victoria and I are both in the middle of huge moves, as we discussed on mm-hmm. last week's episode. Um, my lease is up this weekend and i am i kid you not doing this entire thing on my own and i say that Mm -hmm. with so much love and savvy if you listen Mm -hmm. in you know you know i ain't talking about you i love you to death boo um (laughs) but i'm i'm tired i'm i'm really really Mm -hmm. tired um so Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah i was in kindergarten at at the Mm -hmm. latest i want to say my parents Mm -hmm. Uh, found the means to I think educate me a lot like a lot about black history more than I ever realized at such mm-hmm. a young age and I also think even though that the school system in Virginia um, particularly in the 757 was not fantastic especially mm-hmm. when it came to to centering um, the wholeness of American history what because what do you really mm-hmm. expect in Virginia especially mm-hmm. you know right around the corner mm-hmm. from Jamestown um, sure. But I had a lot of black women identifying teachers. And so Black History Month won't nothing to play with. Asian American, um, Asian, excuse mm-hmm. me, Asian Pacific Islanders Heritage Month, Hispanic Heritage Month. I mean, my teachers won't play in when it came mm-hmm. to that because they, I think they knew, not I think they knew, they knew that the curriculums that were set in place below the Confederate uh, Mason-Dixon line. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. wasn't all that so yeah uh, my parents sat me down and told me about Emmett Till when I was a little one because we we were learning about it um, in school and we used to get these lists of black history figures that we could cover on pr- projects and Emmett mm-hmm. was on on that list when I was super mm-hmm. duper young um, mm-hmm. and because we you know you and I are actually a little older than having computers in our homes so um, that was still a really new thing. Like the internet was kind mm-hmm. of early days um, mm-hmm. for me. So it wasn't like, oh, go home and research on the computer and Google who this is. It was like, no, mm-hmm. go to the encyclopedia <laughs> or mm-hmm. encyclopedia. What's, mm-hmm. what's the book you have in your house that has like different historical facts in it? It's an encyclopedia, right? Yeah, it's an encyclopedia. So I think my parents had a black history style encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mom and dad, like I, I used to go to the library all the time and, um, they helped me pull out books and stuff so that I could learn, learn more about it. Um, mm-hmm. when I was in elementary school, cause they had to, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have to teach your black kids about mm-hmm. what happens to black kids and what happened to black kids right. historically. Um, mm-hmm. cause my, my parents weren't born too long after, um, Emmett passed and mm-hmm. my mother grew up not far from Cook County. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What about you? 
Um, yeah, I had to think about the computer thing. I was like, wait, when did computer? I, I had a flashback to like my dad working on a computer when I was very young when we lived. Oh, but weren't the y'all first time we lived in Chicago? Weren't y'all rich though? No, I mean, no. no. I mean, my dad, my dad worked. I mean, worked his way up for sure. Yeah. But I think like when they for when they first got married, um, and we were out in the suburbs of Chicago, I was like, we did have. I do remember us having a computer and I do remember like typing my little school papers on it, but I don't, but I just don't think that the internet was like as a thing. Like, I th- yeah, I think, I don't really think that like research was really being done on the internet. I think I still remember like doing all my research in books, and but I could like have papers. Microsoft Word or something to like type mm. my papers, but I couldn't like research things. Gotcha. I had to think about that. Um, but Huh. Yeah. So I, I honestly don't really remember the first time I learned about Emmett Till, mm. which I think is sad and frustrating because I think that it is something that when you learn about it, it should really affect you and you should probably remember that, especially as a black child. Um, but I don't remember learning about it. I do. I obviously remember learning about Martin Luther King, learning about Rosa Parks. But I think that when it came to like the trauma that was experienced um, at the beginnings of the civil rights movement and things like that, I don't really think that that was ever communicated to me. Um, yeah, which is which is very sad. I did not have a lot of black teachers whatsoever. I always was which I did grow up in like my first nine years of life were in the suburbs of Chicago. And I mean, I currently live here now. I moved back when I was in high school, but, um, but yeah, my first nine years of life were in Chicago. Both my parents from the South side of Chicago. Um, so yeah, it is interesting that I don't really remember the first time that I learned about Emmett Till. I, I think that once I got older and in high school and things, it was just like, okay, yes, I know who this person is now, but I don't think that it really sunk in for me until like later in life, like probably around like high school time that I was really taken aback by what had happened mm. um, to him. In which I think that also, I think, yeah, I think that just growing up surrounded by a lot of white people, mm. I couldn't really... Like, as a child, I couldn't really identify with the trauma because I was just so young and not comprehending and understanding the life that I was living because I had just been so assimilated to white culture. Wow. Um, So it wasn't until later in life when I was able to comprehend things a little bit better that everything started. I was able to process everything that actually took place in a place that I called home and in the country that I have lived in my whole life. Um. Like, you know, 30 years before, 30, 40 years before I was born. Yeah. That's, um, mm-hmm. it's interesting because I think, like, you, you make such a potent point where it's like there are certain environments where, like, that information might not necessarily be, you know, shared so immediately. Um, mm-hmm. and the idea of, like, that not necessarily being, like, this, you know, this is the very first thing I remember, or like this is going to be taught in school at this exact time, was particularly when you were in predominantly white uh, areas, which is why mm-hmm. I, you know, I do think women of the movement is so um, impertinent. Imper- what Jesus important? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for important. for this time period, like for where we are mm-hmm. right now, especially Absolutely. as the ways in which people teach history, American history and the wholeness of mm-hmm. American history. Um, there's these mm-hmm. constant opportunities to reframe it. You know, you have the people's history of the United States by Howard Zinn. You've got the a black woman's history of the United States by um, I'm forgetting the. Uh, name of the two authors of that book right now but it's it's incredible or uh, Mm -hmm. the 1619 project by Mm -hmm. Nicole Hannah Jones which is now a book and they have a full you know a children's book version of it there are Mm -hmm. certain areas that do exist in the world where there may you know are likely kids of color and and especially black kids where it's Mm -hmm. not considered a important or pertinent part of history to share um And that's in 2021. Uh, so I, I really think that's, you know, interesting you bring that up. Because as you said that, I was like, wow, you know, I even remember, like, the first time I saw the photos of Emmett's body that had been mm-hmm. published in, in the, the Jet magazine. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember that was like a conversation my parents sat down and had with me because, you know, I just I had questions because we were learning mm-hmm. about him in school and not everyone had that opportunity yeah, and my parents definitely did a good job. Like we had our of like, course. you know, little flashcards yeah. and things like that with all of our Black History Month, Black History, historical Black figures. There we go. Um, That's what we were looking for. Right, this like whole I said, time. we're struggling. <laughs> we are struggling. <laughs> um, so we had those, but but yeah, like thinking about, and it's 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 a conversation that has been happening that continues to happen when people talk about black history they talk about martin luther king jr and they talk about rosa parks and maybe malcolm x but if they talk about him they talk about how he was bad you know like that's like that's essentially what the school systems are teaching about black history and that's what people i will say that's what i've i'm gonna make a generalization here so don't come for me but that's what i think most majority white people understand as black history sure those like three people well, it's like the consideration then... of the civil rights movement a lot of people mm-hmm. may not know that the murder of Emmett Till was one of the inciting sparks of a lot uh, a lot of the incidents that kind of not even kicked mm-hmm. not even kicked off right because the civil rights movement had been happening for a long time right um, correct mm-hmm. but to to mobilize so many folks like Emmett Till's murder is noted as one of the reasons Rosa Parks did not get up out that seat. And Rosa Parks Mm -hmm. wasn't even the first person to do that. Right. Right. Just weeks earlier, 15 year old Claudette Cloven had done the same thing. Mm -hmm. But because she was, you know, a poor, dark skinned, young Mm -hmm. black girl, they didn't think she was the right face of the movement. So they, they went with Rosa. Um, mm-hmm. and like, you know, we don't always have access to the context of, of these stories, not because right. like our, our parents don't want to give that, that, that information to us. Um, and not because, you know, the teachers who do have access to that information don't want to, don't want to give it to us. There are systems mm-hmm. in place that don't necessarily make it so that it's the for, um, the forefront of your mind and, and sharing that information right. with um, with your kids and it's truly written out of curriculums on purpose as we can mm-hmm. see with right. the very strange arguments happening over the Critical idea of theory. CRT being taught in schools mm-hmm. uh, for fear of making white children feel bad about being white because yes that's of course what CRT is yep mm-hmm. yeah there you go uh, or the notion mm-hmm. that the 1619 pro- uh, project is 
uh, centered around trying to undo all of all of American history because America really started in 1776. I'm like, actually, mm, if you grew mm-hmm. up in Virginia, you do definitely talk about the 1600s because Jamestown, baby. Like, hello? Right, right. Um, but trying to reframe history so that it looks or it is whitewashed or diluted in a certain way, um, you know, uh, for some folks, it, it means we, we lose access to, to these moments where we reconcile mm-hmm. with what has happened um, to these historical black figures that did mm-hmm. not seek out being a historical black figure. Correct. Um, yeah. Ooh. So um, I guess we can start by talking. I think of something that's really important about, I, I guess, going off of saying that when talking mm-hmm. about historical figures in any context, we get so caught up in the martyrdom martyrdom of people mm-hmm. that we forget that they are people first, mm-hmm. right? People talk about Emmett Till um, often as if he's like this this prominent um, figure that transformed um, history with his death, and it's like, mm-hmm. but he was a child, mm-hmm. he was a boy, he was a human being. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be really cool if we started off by just kind of talking about who Emmett Till was based on like the research from his family, his cousins who are still living and have been pursuing justice for them since that faithful day, fateful day where, you know, their, their cousin in front of them got, you know, kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Emmett Till was born in Chicago on Friday, July 25th, 1941 at Cook County Mm -hmm. Hospital to Lewis and Mamie Till, who lived in Argo, Illinois, which was a small town outside of Chicago. And he was an only child. And he Mm -hmm. grew up in a very thriving middle-class black neighborhood on the south side of Chicago, um, which at that time in the, you know, 1940s and 50s, it was mm-hmm. like a haven for black owned businesses. Oh, absolutely. You know, he was able to mm-hmm. go outside and play and he had neighborhood mm-hmm. friends and, you know, mm-hmm. he was able to hang out and there were beauty salons and insurance companies, pharmacies, all this kind of stuff. And, and even, um, you know, local nightclubs uh, where mm-hmm. people like Duke Ellington and Sarah Vaughn spent, you know, their time performing. Mm hmm. And Emmett was uh, kind of, you know, one of the babies in a pretty large family. Mm-hmm. And his nickname was uh, either Bo or Bobo. Like, they mm-hmm. they, they kind of oscillated between calling him the two, which I think is <laughs> such a mm-hmm. cute nickname. Because, really like, where does it come mm-hmm. from? Like, but why? Yeah, where does it come from? I th- yeah, I think... <laughs> It's it's kind of like when you have that one cousin cousin his name is Pookie you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very it's I do notice with black families that this has been going on for generations where we just make up names that have nothing to do with the person's actual name yeah like, my little sister's nickname is Lulu her name is hmm. Maya <laughs> right to be fair her middle my, name is Lorraine but it's just like no no I have an uncle Bobby whose real name is wait not me having to think about it Ah! leon his real name is leon (laughs) i also have an uncle butch whose real name is lorenzo Mm. and no idea we be doing that (laughs) i have a i have an uncle whose name is keith two uncles whose name is keith and what's his name keith 
Mm. No H anywhere. Keep. Mm. Um, so yeah, I Bobo, it's very endearing. I know I have cousins who be uh doo doo nu 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 is actually one of my Yeah. Cousins. Or like, <laughs> like it's my like where cousin, did this come it's from? It's like where does this come from? My my two two of my younger cousins, one of his like his name is DeAndre. We call him Big mm-hmm. Red or we call him Red. Mm-hmm. To be fair, there's a reason for that. He has natural naturally red hair and he's the only redhead mm-hmm. in the family, so we do mm-hmm. call him that. And then like um Kevin Jr., his nickname for for ages was Man Man. It's like mm. what? why man man? and then man 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 Mm -hmm. twice Mm -hmm. (laughs) um Mm -hmm. but i what i noticed just in this moment right now is being able to relate and like see how these nicknames are actually very common in our family this is a moment of humanizing Mm -hmm. um you know the very person that we're talking about is this moment where it's like yo we we have emmett in our families you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Absolutely. There are cousins, there are brothers, there are little sisters whose mm-hmm. nicknames all of a sudden turn into different nicknames as they get older. Right. Um, and they're the person that's like ambitious and really smart and kind of silly mm-hmm. and very cared for and also super confident. And that's kind of how that's right. how Emmett was described. Absolutely. Incredibly mm-hmm. clever and bright. Mm-hmm with um sandy brown hair and hazel brown eyes and um, i see pictures of you know um emmett Mm -hmm. from when he was younger and such a beautiful beautiful young boy Mm -hmm. um absolutely and so yeah he he was known in his family for being very responsible but also funny (laughs) Mm -hmm. um high spirited Mm -hmm. kid and he actually suffered from polio at the age of six right. um, mm-hmm. and was, you know, blessed to make a full co- recovery that left him with um, muscle damage and mm-hmm. a, a slight speech defect where mm-hmm. um, he had a light stutter that he, he mm-hmm. struggled with overcoming throughout his young life. Um, so, yeah, as a young child, he spent a lot of time in Chicago and Detroit, woo woo, uh, you know, both very important places to Victoria and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was getting more adventurous. He was very independent-minded and kind of like, you know, the, the high, like highly spirited, as you would say. Mm-hmm. And so as he entered into his teenage years, you know, puberty and whatnot, things started changing for him. He was still incredibly responsible, but also just wanted to explore and go on adventures um, Mm -hmm. and have fun. And his mom, Mamie, said that life was all laughter and laughter was life giving, which I think is so beautiful that I must say it Mm -hmm. again. Life was all laughter and laughter was life giving. And he made people laugh. He was known for making folks laugh and kind Mm -hmm. of being centered on joy and um, finding ways to make sure he could give joy to everybody that was around him. Right. Um, Emmett loved amusement parks, which, like, honestly, same. Okay, put me on a... Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'd feel about a roller coaster in the 1950s, but... Sure, right, um, exactly. I'm sure I've gotten on a roller coaster that was built in the 50s. You know, the wooden mm-hmm. roller coasters mm-hmm. that's like, maybe absolutely. we should t- tear this one down. <laughs> Yeah, um, absolutely. He really loved the zoo, which also same giraffes are like mm-hmm. my favorite animal. Um, mm-hmm. He loved fishing with his grandma Alma, 
and mm-hmm. um, had a love for music and, and dancing and seemed like he was very, um, he just seemed like such an astute young man from the way his family described him, where he was like yeah. self-assured and confident of himself. And I'm just like, dang, what must be nice. Right. Um, and he took a lot of pride in his appearance, which I think was beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was very meticulous and loved nice clothes. You know, he was, well, once again, only child. So I'm sure Miss yes. Mamie uh, was making sure she he was... was not having her baby out here looking no, <laughs> no, no kind other type. Of no Right. Exactly. Like, she said, not my child. Dressed to the nines. Look at this nice polo on this nice young mm-hmm. fine man. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and still, he could probably roughhouse and play with the best of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Um people sometimes said that him and his mother were so close that it seemed like they were siblings, which I oh yeah, that's, could never yeah. figure out how I felt about that. But that's truly information mm-hmm. that I got directly from the Emmett Till Legacy Foundation. Uh-huh. Uh, but I remember yeah. when I was reading that, I was like, I don't know what that means, but maybe it just means they were incredibly close. Yeah. Um, just like a playful relationship. Probably. Yeah. And it was their relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he he and his mom were on their own um, after uh, after a while. And so his mom mm-hmm. would sometimes work, you know, more than 12 hour days trying to make sure mm-hmm. that she was, you know, bringing home food to put on the table and stuff. And Emmett right. took on the full share of domestic responsibilities alongside his mom. Uh, where he took care of the house and his like miss mamie said that herself that he took on all the house responsibility that everything Mm -hmm. was on his shoulders and he took it upon um himself and i have a quote here from miss mamie that i'll read where um she said he told me if i could work and make the money he would take care of everything else he cleaned and he cooked quite a bit and he even took over the laundry um, Emmett's favorite meal to cook was pork chops, pork chops, Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> pork chops with corn and lots of pepper. And I'm like, okay, but like peppers or like pepper? No, pepper. Oh, like pepper, like black pepper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, black pepper. Um, they like mentioned that in the show. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. They sure did. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. Okay, good memory. All right. You better work. <laughs> Well, I you know I had to binge watch because I I was I'd be busy. That's fair. So I no, that's it. super to, fair. So it's all get all that information fresh. just like right there at the front of your mind. Yeah, yeah. it's all fresh. Um, and so um, yeah, one of his classmates from Makash Grammar School had recounted that Emmett was like super funny all the time. <laughs> that he had a suitcase of jokes that he liked to tell so that he could make make people laugh, and that he. They, they also say he was a chubby kid. Most of the guys were skinny, but he didn't let that stand mm-hmm. in the way, which I don't like. That's one of those things where it's like, oh, this has very specific historical like context mm-hmm. um, with with this this kind of statement. But he had a lot of friends sure. and um, eventually they moved to Chicago. He would still take the streetcar back to Argo every chance he could get. Um, so he could play baseball with his family and friends and attend church. Um, and one day he either wanted to be a professional baseball player um, or a motorcycle police officer. 
he really okay. enjoyed the the work he saw police doing and, and loved being a uh, peacemaker according to uh, you know according to the research um, mm-hmm. he had this uncanny ability to work things out for people to negotiate he liked to help re- uh, find resolutions to problems um, and they they say he had a really deep sense um, of justice and was always dreaming about his his future so that yeah. was that was Emmett the human the human being <laughs> yeah well thank you for giving us that information absolutely yeah he was he was he seemed like i'm sure the type of boy that would be the homie you know what i mean would be the homie that like your parents were always like oh you're going with emmett okay then yeah i know you'll be Y'all are safe good. you're not gonna be doing anything dumb like i don't have to worry about you because emmett's gonna make sure he's the young man that walks you home and like waits outside just to make sure you get inside okay you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. all right y'all that is all that we have for you but of course that is not the end of the episode so if you'd like to continue listening it gets oh this episode is so good it was so hard for us to talk about but it is so so good so i do encourage you to go and join us on the patreon so that you can get the full access to this episode you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash the black chillerettes you'll have access to all of our full episodes as well as bonus content on there as well all right y'all peace